0: Hello Sarah. Hello Kim. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a while.
1: It has. We took a week off from podcasting and I think for me it was because I took a week extra on (laughs) in life.
0: I like did not have a second but I missed recording with you. I know I missed recording with you too. And this time we have another guest. We do. We have a special guest today.
1: We're going to be talking with Liesl Bruscha, who is the executive director of STEAM Discovery Academy, a business in Charlottesville. Welcome, Liesl. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited that you're here. And if our listeners, if you want to pause right now and take some time to look through the STEAM Discovery Academy website, that might give you a greater feeling of the like power of awesomeness that we're bringing onto the podcast today, (laughs) we talk about tech and literacy and about girl power and about empowering kids to explore things and do them on their own. And Liesl just takes all of that and turns it into a program that your kid can participate in at STEAM Discovery Academy. And Liesl, we're so excited to learn more about that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to share. It's always wonderful when there's something that you're passionate about and wake up every day and you go, this is my job today. I'm actually going to go play with a drone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, That sounds like a pretty fun job. (laughs) So can you tell our listeners, what is STEAM Discovery Academy? How did it start? How did you get a job where you play with drones? Yeah,
2: (laughs) it didn't start this way. Uh, (laughs) No, the STEAM Discovery Academy was actually started by my husband, Mike. He is a science educator for over 20 years and really specialized in non-traditional classrooms. He was a wildlife guide with WWF and he did hands-on student science programs as well. So after having done a few different things, he really, we were at a point where he decided he wanted to chase his passion and summer camps and STEAM summer camps were really what his passion was. And so he started it. We started with 100 students the first year. And we were lucky because one of the big reasons that we did it was it was the year that the new science wing opened at Charlottesville Catholic School, and they were willing and happy to welcome us there and let us lease it during the summer. So we had the right location, and it was just the right time to do it. So what our passion is, and a lot of people always ask, what's the difference between STEAM and STEM? Mm-hmm. And for us, it's a really important distinction. STEAM includes the A, so it's science, technology, engineering, art and math. And we think that's critical for design thinking. Um, The creativity and the innovation that it's needed to come up with these new fantastic ideas really requires that kind of creative thinking. It also, and this is one of the things that I'm passionate about as a mother of an eight year old girl, it's a great entryway for students who think that robotics or coding are intimidating It's a great entryway for them to get their hands on with, you know, different types of art and even using some chemistry and art, and then having the opportunity to grow in the types of STEAM programming that they do. So for us, it's a gateway, often for girls, but boys as well. And it's just turned out fantastic that um, we're able to blend all of those together. In the past, we've been primarily a summer program, but just recently, we were lucky enough to take over a tech space and so now we're doing year-round programming as well.
1: When I've been to that space it's like a clubhouse of dreams. (laughs) Everywhere (laughs) you go there's like a robot sitting on a chair over there and then there's a puzzle but somebody created it and then there's a drone flying over your head and then you're stepping on Legos like there is so much fun stuff. It's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. (laughs) It it is for science, yes. So um, (laughs) yes and that and that happens
2: largely My husband and I believe that education should be fun Um, and we're really lucky to be able to incorporate toys and play in learning. So one of the big things we do is we go to the international toy fair every year and check out all the new toys, particularly the startups that haven't even realized that they could be used for education and get our creative juices flowing and walk around and meet fantastic innovators and entrepreneurs and uh, work with them to then bring their their toys to our programming.
0: Wow, what a cool idea. You're like hitting all the <laughs> notes for me, um, <laughs> sitting here going design thinking and play as education and having fun, and the design thinking really struck me. Where along the process did that become part of your, what you do with kids?
2: Yeah, it's always been a part of it, and it's, Largely because you need, there's the iterative process, but the creative and design process, you know, you have to come up with an idea, you need to plan, you need to document that. And one of the things that we do on our programs is we give the students notebooks and we give them, you know, notebooks and a pencil, even our virtual students this year. And particularly, you know, an example this week, we have students, we sit down, we're like, all right, so this is your challenge. This is what you need to do. And now you need to draw it. And then as they're drawing and creating their plan, before we even give them materials, we kind of push them like, hey, have you thought about that? Or, you know, this week we're focusing on a Mars colony. So, you know, a student's drawing something, they go, so... You know, they don't have gravity on Mars. What how do you think you're going to adapt for that? So tiny if, detail, not even a Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they yeah, so they, you know, start there and it's and it's a plan and, you know, it follows them through that we say, you know, go back and look at it, you know, what are you doing and and getting them to think outside of their preconceived notions I think is a big one. It's really easy for all of us myself included to get locked into thinking that a catapult only looks one way because that's the video that we saw on YouTube, but challenging them to keep, you know, if that's their comfort zone to start there, it's to challenge them to keep redesigning and keep thinking of ways to make it bigger and creating challenges that All right, the first step is building, but the second step is function. And how are you going to actually apply that to a challenge, which is something that
1: they have to work their way through. Mm -hmm. And as an educator, I know that the experimenting and trying new things and even continuing when they fail is, is not hard for most kids, but planning before they start is a life skill that's really difficult to develop. I mean, I know adults that haven't developed it. It's something that takes a lot of muscle and a lot of practice. And so the fact that you include that planning step and really force them to pay attention to that planning step, is something that I discovered in your curriculum is really different. And that I value as an educator and I bet a lot of parents really value as well. Well, thank you. You know, one of the things that we're constantly thinking about and, you know, we think like
2: parents, you know, what am I noticing that is my daughter needs developmentally? What am I noticing that her, my friends are saying their children need? And also thinking ahead of, you know, what life skills do they need in order to be successful when they grow up? You know, advocating for themselves, but being able to plan to make a list and to execute that plan and and to handle the failures when it happens are key things that they need, not just on a project, but they need on the broader picture. So trying to really pull out some of those themes are key for us.
1: That actually brings me perfectly to our next question. You've given us a little bit of a preview, but how do you come up with the ideas for your programs? How do you know what kids need and what tools and toys are going to kind of hook them enough to develop those difficult to manage skills?
2: Yeah, so we have fun, we
1: we get (laughs) to test them. i found that the Christmas gifts I
2: tend to give my husband and daughter end up being bought en masse and used at camp later. Um, So we're constantly, as I mentioned, looking for the new toy before it's even considered a STEM toy. We're constantly listening to our friends of what the challenges are that their kids are having the toy that they played with that it was good, but it didn't quite meet the need. So mm-hmm. so looking at that, we get inspiration from everywhere. My husband is always tracking whatever's happening with NASA or SpaceX. We also have s- subscribed to some Kickstarter campaigns. So there's some organizations that we know when they're gonna launch a new drone, they'll typically do a, a Kickstarter. That's how we actually got our first It was through a Kickstarter. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, had, we were one of the original Kickstarters for Sphero. That's and so their cool. Spectrums, and that's why we have two RVRs that we got two months ago because we were part of the Kickstarter. on
1: Wait, tell us what an RVR is, just in case. So an
2: RVR is by Sphero, and it is actually a track machine. So it looks a little bit like the base of a BattleBot, but it has two circular tracks on either side, and you can build upon it. So it has some different skins that then... You can actually build structures on top of it. You could put a robotic arm or a crane on it and be able to roll it around. So it's a different type of robotic, but it can also be driven in first person or it can be coded.
1: I love that you're passionate about including career education in your programs for kids. Even I had a six-year-old in camp this week. And we were talking about the possible careers involved with the skills that we were working on. Why is that so important to you? So my background is education,
2: not always STEAM. But um, one of the things that get both my husband and I excited is the idea of inspiring people. Um, We want kids to think beyond just what they would normally think of. One of my favorite examples about this is um, I was teaching a girls' leadership class and we were talking about passion and purpose and and where they could direct their passion and t- turning it into a purpose and in that way, a career. And a lot of the girls were loved animals. We start with the, I love activity. And therefore they thought they should become vets. And one of the things that I like to do is challenge them that there's more to being involved in animals than doing, you know, just being a vet. So we challenge them to think about, you know, do you want to fly drones to do search and rescue for endangered wildlife? Do you want to be a wildlife photographer? Do you want to be the person that designs the exhibits at the zoo that creates these realistic, you know, environments for the animals? You know, there are so many other things beyond just the classic you're going to be a vet that we love kind of pushing them to think beyond that and and see the lights kind of come on. And I think it's also because my husband and I have had non-traditional career paths. Um, You know, when someone starts off as a wildlife guide, your parents kind of wonder what you're doing. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I know when I told my parents I was going to be an anthropology major, they were trying to figure it out for a while. So, you know, just not everything has to be a traditional path. And how can we give students a sight line that, you know, everybody has their own different purpose and we all don't need to to fall into one you know column of what it needs to be one silo and it's just it, it now that's probably the thing that excites me the most and with getting them to think about it then giving them exposure to it is the next step
1: well yeah you can't be what you can't see right you can't aspire and and learn the skills and get truly excited about a career if you have no idea that it exists so if you love to work with animals And you think that the only option to work with animals is to be a vet, you are going to pour everything into being a vet. And so it feels like you are opening all of these doors that these kids don't even know are there. And suddenly it's not just I'm a vet or I work in an office. It's I want to work with animals and look at all of these paths I can take to get there. That's a really powerful gift to give a kid.
2: Well, thank you. It's, you know, for me, I think it's something that traditionally, you know, if you even think back to the fifties, like the model was, Mom stayed home, dad went to work, he went to an office job, he came home. You know, there were kind of these set expectations. And, and, you know, even for me, when I was growing up, there were set expectations. I was given some freedom in that. But there was still, you know, you'll grow up, you'll get married, you'll do these things. You'll go to work in an office. And if you wanted to be successful, there were certain paths that you needed to take. And I think one of the things that we try and really point out is, that there's so much value in so many different parts of business and so many different types of careers and giving students that opportunity to think beyond themselves and think beyond just what they've known. And and that goes back to the design thinking, Kim, that you were asking me about. You know, it's challenging them to think beyond the box that they are currently in
0: and think how they can apply it. Yeah, I... I'm very passionate about that because of tech girls. And I think you and I have sort of known about each other for a while now. <laughs> but then we finally got to do something together with Girls Geek Tay. This uh, when was that? June? That has to have been 20 years ago. He must have like a long time ago. <laughs> so I'm so glad that, you know, we were able to finally make that connection and to learn that you actually do quite a bit of programming targeting girls. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. That's
2: actually been a focus of ours from the beginning. Um, And I'll credit my husband for for starting it that way. You know, we have have a daughter and we want her to not think that there's any barriers to what she can be. So since our very first programming, the first week, we had a girls in engineering class. And I think it's one of the coolest classes that we offer. But one of the things that we found and the studies support this is if you put girls and boys in a co-ed robotics program, at some point it's going to end up being battle bots and they will happen pretty quickly. But if it's a girl only program, you'll find that they'll create a robot that delivers cookies. You'll They'll do a robot that has some different kind of task like that. And neither one's better than the other. They're similar. However, the girl's and that kind of more altruistic use of a robot tends to get swept under with the excitement of BattleBots. (laughs) Um, So we've tried to create a place for girls to really feel comfortable and explore And, and it goes back to, you know, using art as a gateway, but having them see technology not as just something that is oftentimes aggressive when you're first learning it or overwhelming, but kind of toe in the water of it, you know, that you can code with color, that you can draw your games that you know it's not just all this hard and fast and cold but bringing some of the warmth to it so we started off that way and we've grown since then this past year with an eight-year-old i became aware that between eight and 12 girls tend to have a 30 percent drop in confidence and it's partly because of what stage they're at girls their maturity level is one that they start being very aware of where they rank in their class my daughter could tell you hands down which spelling group she's in and not by the name of it but by where it ranked with the students. They're aware of wanting to get it right and they're coached to do it that way. You know we often tell our girls to be sweet, to be nice, to let you know to share and unfortunately at that same stage not all boys are doing the same thing. They haven't quite hit that same kind of realization of where they are which we're finding hits closer to fifth grade. So they have a tendency to shut down. They, they don't want to raise their hand in class as much because they want to wait and make sure they have the correct answer before they put themselves out there. So there's these different kind of small things that start to add up to girls losing confidence. And my daughter was having that happen this year. So I did a lot of research and then I did a lot more. And then I talked to some more people. Because I wanted to know, how do I talk to her about it? And I realized that there really was a, you know, this is the thing, and this is a big, and there's some wonderful women like Rachel Simmons that are doing great work in this area and raising awareness, and the ladies that do the confidence code. I was trying to figure out, how do we teach that? And one of the things that I'm lucky enough is we have STEAM. So what we did was we split it down and would teach a concept and then use a STEAM challenge to get girls to engage on it and to apply what they were thinking of. You know, important ones were resilience, another, and that's engineering. You're, you're supposed to fail. You're not supposed to get it right the first time because often if you do, you haven't found your best creation. You need to iterate Mm -hmm. or teaching them about being a culture critic and then creating a pulley to save themselves. So we were able to grow our programming more in that way this year and really We'd always had those themes of leadership in there, but call them out more explicitly to the point where this week, due to demand from boy moms as well, we are doing an entire week focused on lead with STEAM. So having a theme, talking about concepts, and then doing engineering challenges. And this week, their mission is to colonize Mars. So we've really tried to focus on that girl-focused safe space in order for them to really grow into it. And one of the things that really excited me about it this year is my daughter is part of the first class was kindergarten when we started the programs. That was one of the first class that got in early and did a lot of the art and then worked their way into some of the other STEAM spaces. And this year a lot of those girls graduated to the next level up. Four years ago when we started our programs we didn't have any girls in Drone Academy or any girls in our robotics and coding class. The next year we had one. This year it was 40% 40 percent girl so Yay. getting them, yeah, celebrate <laughs> getting, that. Yeah. So getting them exposed and getting them in the door and making it accessible is fantastic and, and the programs that they were taking this year the drones the robotics those are co-ed and the girls are holding their own and they're also pushing to do things like doing drones that are doing synchronized flying and not just battling so they're getting their selves out there and it's just it's really, really energizing and gratifying to see these kids applying it and to see the difference that
1: that early STEAM education makes. It sounds a little bit like maybe there's some magic working behind the scenes where you're like pumping them up for something they don't even necessarily know that they're going through. And so do the girls react well? Do they know what you're doing? Are they just thankful for a safe space? What, what is it like inside one of those girls only leadership classes? Yeah, they love it they really love it and usually the girls that are in it and you
2: know we are a program that students opt into it it's not a required class at school but usually the students that we're there have therefore chosen to be a part of it mm-hmm. not you know that their parents did but they chose to be a part of it and oftentimes we'll find that you know we'll ask like hey why you know what made you want to take this class we actually have students for our summer camps write a student statement and it can be as simple as i love science but we want to know that they want to be there. So one thing that we'll find is we'll ask them what, what they're interested in and they'll say, well, I wanted to do this because I get called bossy or I wanted to do this because I'm just trying to help, but everybody says that I'm taking control and that they're already starting to find that pushback and they're starting to feel it and internalize it. And they're looking for ways to buy in. And we'll do little things like we'll do a quiz with them of how do you handle different situations and then debrief on it. We did an activity on character traits of friends and had them draw a body and then put the different traits that they're looking for. And the thing that I think really helps is it is a lot of talking. And the, the tough thing about teaching some of that leadership is it it you know it does it's not just trust balls and ropes courses. It's <laughs> teaching those concepts, yeah. which are fun. Don't get me wrong. But it's about teaching them those concepts, but then giving them a way to use it in a tactile manner. So it's not just talking at them or dialoguing, but giving them a way to kind of go through it and work their way through it and think it through it and circle back around to how did you feel about this and and what was their greatest success. Another thing we created this year was bravery boards. So between each class, they would get a bingo board And it was little micro acts of bravery. Fun fact, they don't exist anywhere. So I would spend, you know, a few hours a week brainstorming, what are the things that they could do? (laughs) Um, And, but it was like, wear two different socks or sing out loud in the car, walk over and introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. But all these little different things that for some students are easy, but other ones, they're hard, the same one. And getting them to kind of push from their comfort zone and you know, as, as a lot of the literature says, to flex their bravery muscle, then it just starts snowballing. And it's amazing to see them at the end of a course.
1: Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> Kim, I feel like you're just basking in it over yes. there. Yes, oh yeah, yeah, no. Just keep keep,
0: keep keep talking, keep talking. Kim's just <laughs> rolling around with her
1: arms up over her head. As you you can see why Steve Discovery Academy and Girls Geek Day and Tech Girls all just go.
0: Go together beautifully, and clearly, we're going to have to find some more ways to collaborate in the future. Oh yeah, love
2: nothing more, and that's one of the things my husband and I joke about all the time. These parents will come up to us, we're like, "Oh my gosh, you're the best kept secret in town." We're like, "We don't want to be a secret." (laughs) Don't worry, it's <gasps> for everybody. It's not like if you give somebody your babysitter's number that then your babysitter's not going to be available for, available for
0: you. No, no, we'll be available for everyone. <laughs> we'll babysit help. everyone. <laughs> yes. maybe, maybe this is a good time to tell us how can people find out about you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a Facebook page, which is Steam Discovery, an Instagram account. Um, we also, our website is steamda.com. And what we have on there is our summer programming. We actually were able to do in-person summer camps this summer and we have one going on right now. And we have two more weeks of summer camp. Next week is As Seen on TV competition show challenge. So all of those shows like Lego Masters, and Ninja Warrior, we're gonna do different design challenges around that to get the students building and having a great time. And the week after that is STEAM Imagineers. So the Imagineers at Disney World inspired us to that one of, you know, there's so much more that goes into amusement park design. There's the creative space and the art and the thought of the customer experience. So that's, we have those two coming up, but we're also now doing year-round programming. So as Sarah mentioned, we, ha- we have a new year-round facility and it's really well set up for small groups. So um, we know that students and families are trying to figure out what the school year is gonna look like. So we have the ability to do small group programming here. We have some of our own like reading and science, technology and storytelling, math and architecture, where it's a supplement to their class learning and kind of approaching it in a fun and unique STEAM way. But we're also doing some small pods for families that if they want to come together, we'll you know do a private group for them so they can operate just in that as well. So that's all available on our website at STEAMDA.com.
0: Yeah, this time we're in has certainly thrown everything up in the air, right? For one sure. of the things that I really liked that you did, because you, you did in person, but you also did virtual, but you created like these containers of stuff <laughs> to go mm-hmm. along with the program so the kids could still get hands on. And I thought that was really an excellent way to do things.
1: I have one in my living room right now. <laughs> I, I just, as, as I mentioned earlier, I ran a camp through Steam Discovery Academy with Liesl's help this week, I did working with a very cool tool that I had never heard of called Doodlematic, where you draw and then you take a picture using the app and it turns your drawing into a video game. It was awesome. And I was very impressed by the technology of that, but I was perhaps the most impressed that I went to pick up my giant cardboard box and everything I needed was in there and it was cataloged and it was labeled. And when it came to Monday morning, I just picked up my day one bag and I thought, hmm, we're going to be doing something with straws today. Interesting. <laughs> like everything was laid out. It made it so easy. And when it comes to virtual learning, it's tricky to give instructions and really clear directions over the screen. So it's a little bit hard for learners that don't necessarily want to read the directions. So having those materials laid out and not having to hunt through to find exactly the right pom pom or that 11th popsicle stick, I think can be a real game changer for kids who learn in a slightly different way. It takes all of the pressure off of finding the right materials, takes the pressure off of parents having to go to the dollar store to buy a bag of googly eyes or whatever you need. And all of that time and energy goes towards making something cool. I just, I've never seen anything like that before. I thought it was so neat. Thank you. You know, it. we made the decision in April to go virtual,
2: which was scary as a science camp. So much of what we do is investment in robots and you know, the multi-use tools that we'll use so we had to really get creative and think about what could we get into students hands that they could do at home and be successful at and we came up with a series of different workshops we wanted to do. placed a really big order which was good we did it then because the stuff wasn't even available until june but one of the things we tried to do is to think about what our digital learning experience had been and I fully recognize that teachers were thrown into it with, you know, not even necessarily a day's notice. And I think, you know, teachers really put themselves out there this year to to make it the best they could for students. But we tried to use that in kind of our parent experience of what we saw and what we heard from our friends and, and fill in some of that gap and, and help us improve our programs. And one of the big things was to, my daughter kept being assigned projects, which was great. We were lucky enough to have poster board, but I know that was a stress for a lot of moms, particularly when you're being told not to go out of the house. So we tried to think of everything that they could possibly need and give it to them. So that way there was no scrambling to try and find the stapler or the scissors. And further on that, we we put together a toolkit that had scissors, it had a ruler, it had a pencil, it had, you know, glue sticks, it had a a protractor. Yes, yes. (laughs) So we put that together because we also wanted to make sure everybody was working with the same thing and that nobody was suffering and it was, you know, an equal playing field for everyone. And you know, the example I really like to use, because space is big at my house right now, is the International Space Station. If you're on the International Space Station, this is what you have. You know, you have a set number of tools, and you have a set number of materials, and you need to make that work for all of your different things that come up. Well, that's kind of how we viewed our box, that this box is exactly everything that you need for the week. And, you know, throughout some of our the camps what we would do is we'd say you can look at their bag for this week but or for this day but you cannot take from bags in the forward part and towards the end of the week we would actually have them recycle their leftover materials into their next projects. So they were able to do that by not overusing materials and the funny thing about it is it actually turned out to be a great win for our in-person programs as well. Uh, we ended up using those same organized bags because It was easier for our educators on site. Given COVID, it meant that they weren't using shared materials in the same way. They weren't all walking over and getting the same popsicle sticks, but they had that set that they were working with, just like they had a set tools that they were working with. And it also made them have to think, and it goes back to that planning, of what materials they were actually gonna use and that they couldn't just waste. It actually turned into a, be a big thing that worked out really, really well for our on-campus programs. And it's something that we're even speaking to a few schools about of being able to provide steam bags for
1: their students as they're doing virtual. Oh, that would be cool. so good. Yes. And I totally, educators, I, we should all steal that International Space Station rules. Because <laughs> I said that once and every kid knew what I was talking about. They were like, oh, you can't just go back down to Earth and get a stapler. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh you really understood that. (laughs) So we used it all week. They would be like, can I use extra tape on this? I said, I don't know. Is that international space station rules? And they were like, Oh no, I only had to do it once. They totally connected to that. It's brilliant. It is. Well, and
2: then my other favorite thing to do with them right now is show them there's a fantastic compilation of all of the fails of the SpaceX rockets of how many times they blew up rockets and until they successfully landed one on the Land and until they successfully landed one on a drone ship, and that's what it took, and that number of failures and big fat failures that it took in order to be able to get U.S. astronauts on a U.S. ship to the space station again. So it's timely, but it's a fantastic representation of what it means to
1: have to be able to fail. I have watched it. I giggled the whole way through. (laughs) It's very, it's very true. I found it very inspiring. Yeah. Well, Speaking ladies, inspiring, yeah, um, we could
0: sit here all day, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and uh, maybe we, we will need to do this again, but we are sadly out of time. <laughs> oh, Liesl, thank you so much for
1: joining us. Parents, educators, anyone listening, if you want to learn more about STEAM Discovery Academy, you can visit them at STEAMDA.com or we're going to link their website, their Facebook, their Instagram, all on our resource page, as well as many of the other very cool resources that Liesl mentioned as she was talking. So thank you so, so much for joining us and for teaching us today, Liesl. This was fabulous.
2: It was truly my pleasure and I appreciate you
0: guys asking me. Until next time,
1: tech, love, and happiness.